It's the Larry Kudlow Show. Free market prosperity starts here. Now, here's Larry Kudlow. Well, welcome back, everybody. I'm Larry Kudlow. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. You can uh, get us, by the way, on radio. You can get us live on the Internet. Live stream us, LarryKudlowShow.com, LarryKudlowShow.com, all around the country, throughout the world, throughout the solar system, and even in the Milky Way, wherever that may be. And during the week, you can get us, Fox Business, name the show's Kudlow, 4 to 5 p.m. every day, Monday through Friday. And if you can't make it at 4... Well, just text your favorite nine-year-old, and she will show you how to DVR the show. How about that? We're going to do some stock market work for the next half hour or so. Stocks got hit Got hit this past week. Uh, the Dow's off 540 points. NASDAQ down for over 400. The S&P 500 down over 100 points. Uh, market interest rates are rising. The Fed said they won't raise their own target rate. Interestingly, uh, oil prices, despite the Middle East crisis, oil prices holding at around 90 bucks, but gasoline prices have come down quite a bit. $3.55, AAA nationwide. Go figure. Anyway, we've got our two stars, David Bonson. Bonson Group CIO, founder and managing partner and author of DividendCafe.com. And we have Jim Urio, director of TJM Institutional Services, Chicago's leading restaurateur. Gentlemen, welcome back. Jim Urio, um, I was looking at this rise of interest rates. Um, I'm sure you're all over that. But um, let me see if I get this right. Year to date... Year-to-date, the 10-year Treasury is up a little over 100 basis points, called a full percent, 491 close Friday. But here's the thing that interests me. Of the 100 basis point rise in market rates, uh, most of it has been the real interest rate, the tips rate up 88 basis points. The break-evens that are inflation expectations only up 17 basis points. So it's not an inflation play. It's a real growth play or a real return on capital play, which dovetails with the expectation, at least by the Atlanta Fed GDP now, that you're going to get a 5% GDP for the third quarter, which comes out this week. So, Jim Uriel, what do you make of all that? Stronger growth, less inflation, higher rates, but maybe higher rates for the right reasons, if such a thing is possible? No, see, I'm not reading it that way at all. I was hoping for you guys to talk me off the ledger because I'm reading it as the market telling us that the government is spending too much money and issuing too much debt to do it. When Even when, when Jay Powell spoke a couple of days ago and he said his the quotation was, it's not about expectations of higher inflation, and it's not about short-term policy moves. I thought he was given a tacit admission that we were already at the limit of spending, and the market was telling us that, and then all of a sudden this thing happens in the Middle East and Israel, and we are going to have to borrow and spend a lot more money. And the one thing I will point to that scared me was those two auctions last week, particularly the 30-year auction, where we were going to try to auction that uh, auction off at 4.8, and the market said no. 
we are not giving 4.8. We need 4.85. Now, you might think that's small, and it is small, but to me, it was a, a bad sign that the market is beginning to say you cannot continue on this path of spending. To put a fine point on that, too, and then I'll shut up, is that in the last 120 years, there's been 53 countries that have 130% debt-to-GDP ratio. 52 of them defaulted on the debt, and the last one was Japan. We are in that, and I think we're going to – there's a – chance we're gravitating more toward Japan. So it's funny that I'm so glad you said what you did, because I'll think about it. But if it wasn't a sunny day uh, in Chicago area right here, I'd be climbing up the ledge. But that's my thoughts on it. Well, it's pouring here in the New York area. Oh, gorgeous here. <laughs> I, I don't if that means anything or not. But David Bonson, it is interesting. You know, decomposing this rate rise, it's mostly real rates, which some, usually means it's a higher rate of return on capital. And in fact, the economy is growing. And in fact, we may get a blowout GDP number this uh, this week. Well, I think that what you said is extremely important. The tip spreads are up 17 basis points, which really destroys the argument that this is inflationary moves higher in yields. You can't have the yield go up 100 basis points and tip spreads only go up 17. Uh, this is real increase. But I do believe, Jim, that there's a counterfactual it's really hard to explain. And I'm as against the excessive government spending as anybody could be. But look, we ran the debt, the debt from $6 trillion to $25 trillion before bond yields cared at all. This is a byproduct of quantitative tightening that they right now have taken a trillion off the balance sheet, and there are no buyers at the long end of the, bond, uh, the yield curve except for people like us who care about rates. The foreign buyers, uh, China, Japan, are not there. They have more of a currency objective. And the central bank is not there, who actually had an objective of a lower yield, not, not a higher one. So of the three potential buyers, the one who is there to pick up the slack at a long end of the curve are the one who care about longer yields. You factor that in with the fact that imports are down, and so China is not able to buy as much. And um, I think you have your explanation. Now, look, if tax receipts pick up a little, you got to remember Californians haven't even paid their tax bill yet. They kept expand. They, they, the whole country doesn't seem to know that no one in California had to file. There was no interest and no penalties until October 16th because of a couple rainstorms back in February. Then they expanded it again this week to November. And, and so most people still did go ahead and file, but they're behind on tax receipts. That, there's a little technical factor in things like that as well. But, no, I, I do not believe this inflationary story. And, Larry, I went to the lunch this week with Chairman Powell at the Economic Club New York. He was poo-pooing the Phillips curve on stage, <laughs> saying that sometimes the Phillips curve works and sometimes it doesn't, which is a weird definition of a model. And, and said right now is one where it doesn't work. So I'm totally confused as to what they're doing. <laughs> well, okay. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. But um, 
It is interesting. Uh, I have another one, by the by, that uh, even though there's a Mideast war blow up, and Lord knows how that's going to play out. We'll see. But, uh, you know, we pray for Israel, but who knows how that's going to play out. Um, AAA gasoline prices have fallen back to $3.55. The world uh, wholesale price is only about $90. Hasn't really moved since this uh, Hamas uh, barbarous invasion and so forth uh, of Israel. Hasn't really moved. Meanwhile, gasoline prices are coming down, and that is counterinflationary. That is anti-inflationary. So it's a very peculiar situation, uh, Jim Urio. You know, if Biden were pursuing supply-side policies, lower tax rates, uh, minimal regulations, less government spending, I would say to you, you can have faster growth with lower inflation. But he's not. But nonetheless, we're getting faster uh, growth with lower inflation. Part I, I challenge a little bit too because and the retail sales numbers were great, but those jobs numbers that masqueraded as great two weeks ago, I think if you look under the hood, are not as great. Um, when you talk about the oil thing, which is amazing to me that they would just this week say, "Yeah, by the way, we're going to fill up the uh, SPR at 79." Now, if you've been trading as long as we all have. You know that if you have a big order to move, you don't tell the market exactly where you're going to do it at. That's just asinine to me. Why don't they hire one person who knows how to do this? So now every the joke on Twitter was, everybody, okay, I'm selling the 79 foot because uh, it's not going to go much below there. I do like to see the spread between gasoline and oil diverge a little bit, and the gasoline thing is, is a good story, and I'm glad you brought that up because it is we are seeing a little bit of lower prices too. But I even when I look at oil, like, and I've, every time I'm on the show for the last six months, it seems like oil's my big idea. And get, spoiler alert, it's going to be when we go over it at the end of the show again now, is because I think that is going to go higher. And I think when they start buying, start buying to fill the SPR, our friends, the Saudis, and well, not the Russians, obviously, but the Saudis, might put the screws to us and not do anything to increase production at all. Well, of course, the Bidens have lifted the restraints on Venezuela and oil and gas. Oh, yeah, how about that? That was a great story, too. In election year, let's get cheap oil any way we can. Let's make friends with bullies. Gosh, I just I want to bang my head against the wall sometimes. So, um, David Bonson, are uh, interest rates going to continue to rise in the Treasury market? And the corporate market, by the way, and the mortgage market. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's a very difficult thing for someone like me who is so surprised that it's gotten this high to say when it's going to stop. But fortunately for me, I'm in pretty good company because the only people that are saying that they knew the tenure would get to five are liars. And so it, <laughs> it, 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 is, it just isn't true. It is, but look, I, I, do think, I do think that uh, the Fed realizes that the proxy funds rate, which is something the San Francisco Fed keeps, Okay, me, me and my firm keep uh, a lot of data points about what we think financial conditions are, but the Fed does it themselves, and they think the effective rate is over 7% right now. Mm-hmm. And that's on their website, okay? So they have 150 basis points of extra tightening in there. At some point, I believe that they realize this, this needs to come down. And it, a lot of people, I was with multiple bond managers in the city last week that think the Fed won't blink until labor data gets worse. And I just am not sure that that makes sense in 2024. I still think they're political animals in the end. I can't believe that j will take the criticism 
in the end of, hey, we let the unemployment rate get to 6 or 7%. I just don't believe it. And so I think they will end up blinking at some point in early 24. Why, by the way, does the San Francisco Fed think the effective rate is 7? Well, they don't provide the granularity of their model, which is you know quite funny for a group that talks about transparency and forward guidance so much. But they tell us that it's 12 different ingredients, and it includes things like the long end of the curve, credit spreads, mortgage rates. So they're looking at a whole bunch of real-life factors, and they're doing some model to tell them that the effective conditions are uh, what they call a proxy funds rate, a little over 7%. And so that, and it's, look, the proxy rate is at some points run lower than the real effective rate. All what of it they, to me kind of, they, it doesn't, that basically the Fed's lost control of the rate market. They have peanut butter and jelly in those ingredients? Wal- well, walnuts? The, yeah, I mean, they mustard, don't have consumer price. They may, don't have do they have mayonnaise? <laughs> is mayonnaise in there? I need to know. Of course. The, the whole thing, the whole thing is that is the Fed right now bringing down consumer prices with a five percent Fed funds rate, and if the Fed funds rate was seven percent, I mean, I I think that the idea that the Fed is the key actor to control the price level is preposterous. They cannot do it. They haven't done it. All they can do is produce booms and busts in asset prices, and I I think both the right and the left needs to quit deifying the Fed. Amen. <laughs> This is the Larry Kudlow Show.